Hello and welcome to Meaning, an exploration of how spiritual significance emerges from the life and the work of Plymouth Congregational Church of Minneapolis. I'm your host, Chris Bonhoff. This fall, the Plymouth community has been gifted with the presence of spoken word artist, rapper, teacher, preacher, Pierre Fulford. Pierre brought his love of language and storytelling to the church's midweek mingle Wednesday night activities, working with our youth to help them develop a spoken word piece that was performed at the October 16th 9 a.m. service. Prior to our conversation, what I knew about Pierre was his passion for helping kids find and use their unique voices. But as I learned, the teaching he blessed our children with brought him full circle from his own childhood beginnings and the nurture he received from his grandmother and his own church community. Well, so, okay, I don't know very much about you. Like, what's your story? What's my story, right? <laughs> Grew up in uh, the Twin Cities, St. Paul specifically, and I come from a family of ministry. Uh, my mom playwright and a poet herself. My dad was a jazz musician and a model and a dancer. And he gave his life to the Lord uh, this same year I was born. And then his just his gift, he's very charismatic, eloquent speaker. And so God used those gifts for his glory and he became a minister and a, a pastor. Eventually, I remember uh, sitting in the my grandma's living room and she uh, was She's talking to me and my brothers, and she was like, I want y'all to do something this Sunday. We're like maybe six, five, and four, maybe like that. That's the age. And we're like, what? I want y'all to rap. So that was the beginning. I was like five, six-year-old, and my grandma made this rap that she gave to me to perform on a Sunday. And it just was like so fun. Wow. So even like full circle, looking at the work that I'm doing now with young people, even the grade schoolers, and it's like, it's kind of surreal, like, because it really is full circle in that sense where you're just giving back to the next generation and allowing them to have fun with uh, the expression of rap or the expression of spoken word. So um, went to high school, loved playing basketball, but it was always poetry and rap and spoken word that I found myself gravitating towards. Uh, so basketball got me to college, but rap made college fun. So I was, uh, I went to a Christian college, went to Crossroads uh, Bible College in Rochester. And when they found out I was a rapper, it was a rap. So every, <laughs> every other event we put on campus, yo, Pierre, you got a song that you, gonna, you can perform for us? It was so much fun. And my songs were so horrible. <laughs> <laughs> But that's just a growing thing. People yeah. were tolerated. I had GarageBand and just, just, just had fun making, right? Yeah. Just had fun making. Had an internship with Elect Records slash Sphere of Hip Hop. Uh, then after I graduated, came back to the cities and hit the open mic scene really hard. It was just a pull to stay connected uh, when it comes to the arts in the Twin Cities, we have a dynamic open mic scene in mm -hmm. St. Paul and in Minneapolis, whether it be the coffee shops or the clubs or the bars, like there's always an open mic that is happening and it's live, especially with poetry. And so I was just blessed to 
be able to stay a part of that scene as a believer. Mm. And so then I, the language, right, it's going in and like becoming one with the language of the people and then communicating your truth through a language that does resonate with those that you're speaking to. And that was so dynamic and so powerful. I remember being a part of a writing circle uh, in in the Midway area. It was at a rec center. My cousin was over it. And just it was just five of us that we met every Wednesday. And we helped each other. And we shared our pieces. And we were able to critique each other. And it was such a judgment-free zone. It was such an art-lives-here zone. It was such a healing zone, healing space even for me. And I just took those experiences and I began to apply them to the art that I was making, the, the language, the healing, the, the, the no judgment, the, the honesty, the rawness, the story. And that has been a trademark for the art that I present and communicate. It's also, it's also found its way in the inspirational messages or the sermons, because I'm also a preacher and an inspirational uh, speaker. Yeah, it's, it's the language. It's the beauty of language. So I just thank God for being with me and guiding me through that process. And so I just go around. I preach. I, I rap. I do spoken word. I, I go and help others learn how to when it comes to the arts. Uh, I am my grandma to others <laughs> yeah. in that sense where those who mm. maybe need an introduction to the arts and then they find their voice in it, their story in it. And so I'm just there to facilitate or to be a bridge uh, between their story and a creative way to express their story. Because you have it. You have. You are living out your story every day. Every day gives you another chapter to your story, right? And the arts allows us to communicate in ways that we can actualize and realize, oh, this is me. This is my story. And then others can relate to and be inspired by um, and feel something from. So that's me in a snapshot. I'm curious to hear more about the like the journey from the the college days the garage band days to the point where you feel i don't know where you feel a little bit more fully actualized as an artist maybe yeah you know yeah cuz there's a process and there's a craft to all of that and some and that craft can can be a barrier at first right uh and there's and there's yeah, it takes it takes intentionality and and a lot of experiences to to really find your voice, right? Right, right. Yeah. What did that look like for you? Trial and error, and yeah. community. When I was in college, that was like two thousand and eight through two thousand and twelve. Um, and music is totally different from then now. Like ten years later, the soundscape is different. But there was this evolution. Like music just has a way of evolving. Mm-hmm. And as a rapper. That was the biggest challenge. As a spoken word artist, I believe that comes just more innately, right? Because mm-hmm. in spoken word, the words are at the forefront. But in rap, the rhythm is at the forefront and the words uh, compl- should complement the rhythm. So yes, the message matters in both. But with rap, uh, 
there is very much an emphasis on how does the hip hop, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, and the the beats that you're using, and the beats and that the, we're using, right? All the production, and all, that was a whole different world. So how do I take my love for words and uh, my, le- my 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 love for metaphors and just uh, the expression, like like expressing myself in different ways, figuratively and conform that to the the soundscape of the instrumental and the production of the instrumental. So it's learning how can my voice be an instrument, mm. right, in this symphony that is the instrumental. Yeah. Right? And so that was very, that was trial and error, and that just comes with community. Like with anything else, it comes with a lot of practice and coaches and teammates. Like I love playing basketball also. So that's the metaphor I'm gonna use. It's I had coaches that came was like, all right, this is where you sound good and this is where you don't. And yeah. so I just really had to like sit back and just receive what the coaches were giving me in terms of just advice on how to be or how to execute better as an artist. And then I had teammates, brothers that um in the Lord that also rap and they're like dynamically good, like awesome. They love what I did with spoken word, and I love what they did as rappers, right? Right. It was like two different worlds that we yeah. were in at times. Yep. Um, and I'm so appreciative of that. Yeah. So I would just always take notes from them. Like whenever they dropped a song or if I was in the studio with them, I would just, and I was always asking questions. My breakthrough moment really did come like eight, I don't know, like five, maybe five years after college. Because usually in the artistic process, you you have the instrumental. And then as a rapper, you write to the instrumental. But I had a breakthrough moment. I was like, Holy Spirit, I'm just going to join you. And wherever the flow takes me, I'm just going to, that's where I'm going to go with this, with this song. And I uh, got to backtrack a little bit. When I was growing up with my brothers, we had a rap group, and my uncle taught me how to freestyle. So we would, on a youth Sunday, we would get up, the drummer would start to beat, the uh, whoever was playing piano or anything, and it was on a guitar, they would, they would follow, and I would always be able to come up with a chorus on the spot. And then me and my brothers would just freestyle. We would just rap whatever came to mind, very spontaneous. So I took that process uh, years later after college, I'm having this breakthrough moment of like, I'm just going to do what I do as if I was in church on a youth Sunday and just let whatever come comes, like just let it happen. Yeah. And that's when it clicked. It's like riding a bike for the first time. Like you're falling, you're falling, you're falling. And then when my dad did, he's like, all right, I'm going to push you down the hill. And I was like, wait, you're going to do what? He said, yeah, I'm just going to push you and just just trust it. Just flow. Yeah. And all of my muscles figured out how to ride the bike as I was going down that hill. It was something like, we got to do it right now. And I've been riding the bike ever since. So you just, yes. And that's what that was my downhill moment. In that studio by myself, I just turned the beat on and said, Holy Spirit, let's do this. And I just found my own cadence. And mm. I became comfortable. And... Uh, yeah, that's that was the turning point. So then it was perfecting that, 
and, and now I have something to go back to. So I know how to write now and and come up with a very, what I believe is a very good song, uh, but getting comfortable with that process began with this first and foremost, letting go. And whenever I, I get stuck or what they call writer's block, I just let go. I said, all right, I'm at the stuck point again. Let's do it. I'm just going to let go. And whatever happens, happens. And so that was my breakthrough moment. Yeah. What I think is so uh, amazing about doing artistic things is, is that balance between control and letting go of control. Humility. Yeah. yeah, yeah you know, there's, yeah. there's the, there's the recognition that the spirit, uh, inspiration, you know, the muse, whatever, yeah. like is actually in control of yeah. what's happening here. It's not me. It's not me. I'm just kind of like, I'm, I'm a vehicle. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, you have to, there, there's, there is a, a something that you have to exert personally. Yes. In order to get into connection. Yeah. With, with that I force. Love that. Yeah. And it, it's, it's just this yeah. amazing mystery. And when it happens, it's, it's magical. Yeah. Very much. It's very much. Yeah. I love that. It's, it's, it's that. It's a, it's a miracle. It's, so when I was in high school, there were sites that you could go on and actually study the lyrics. And then there was this, I don't even know if this site exists anymore. It was like hip hop 101, something like that. And there was this uh, place in the site where the teacher on the site would break down the cadence of just different rappers. Hmm. And so they showed how Eminem had a specific cadence. Mm-hmm. So they they got really scientific with it. When they broke down uh, what words rhymed and when did they rhyme and how did he choose to rhyme certain words at a certain beat point or a certain break in the beat. And then there was one for Biggie. There was one for Jay-Z. There was one for Nas. And so even though I couldn't execute on a high level, I was still taking in this this high level theory behind rap, this high level uh, practice behind rap. I was still studying how do those who do this great do what they're doing. Yeah. Right. And so I also believe to your point, like that's also part of it. It's even if you can't execute it like you envision right away, the studying still matters. Hmm. The muscle memory still matters. The downloading still matters. The understanding the science and the theory behind it still matters. Because then when you get it, you get it, but you just don't get it and don't know what you're doing. You get it and you know what you're doing. You know why you get it. And that was so important for me, not just to be able to rap or to create a spoken word piece and to rhyme. I really want to understand feet and, and pace and cadence and steps and all those things that go into why does this person sound as good as they do when they do it? When Pierre described his downhill moments, both riding a bike and freestyling in the studio, what came to mind? What have been your downhill moments when you're in the flow or in touch with the spirit? What language do you give that sensation? Thank you, thank you, thank you to Pierre for the conversation and for the inspiration you were to our youth. Pierre has a presence on YouTube, Instagram, and SoundCloud. Check out the show notes for links. And as always, thanks to Jimmy Hulse for our theme, 
and to Max Brunel for additional music. As always, thank you for your attention. If you have thoughts or feedback to share, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at meaning at Plymouth.org. Meaning is a ministry of Plymouth Congregational Church of Minneapolis.